Welcome to Cabot Coverage, the podcast where three sisters and a beloved family friend discuss the crime-solving adventures of mystery novelist Jessica Fletcher on Murder, She Wrote. I'm Susanna. I'm Megan. I'm Glynis. And I'm Ashley. And tonight we're discussing No Laughing Murder, which is episode 18 from season three and originally aired on the 15th of March, 1987. Now, does someone want to take a stab? Uh-huh. at who our writer is for this episode. Skoik? Ben Skoik? It's not Skoik. Robert Sawyer? Okay. You're half right. <laughs> is it Swanson? It's, it's not Swanson. It's Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer! So, I know sorry, <laughs> so as a reminder, Tom Sawyer's written 23, written one of the stories in one of the teleplays, but weirdly, we've covered a lot of his episodes so far. So he wrote Joshua Peabody Died Here Possibly, Broadway Malady, and The Family Jewels. Mm. Now, when do you think might have been the dead giveaway that we were dealing with a Tom Sawyer episode? Can anybody think? Could it be <laughs> when she was dressing Buddy Hackett's wound? After he had gotten his dad. Great point. can't help himself. (laughs) We can talk about it later. You're right. And when she pulled the handkerchief out of her sleeve to give to Wiley. All of these things. Damn it. And the monologue at the end. I feel like there's like always a heavy monologue. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Actually, all of them have some... Crying? Did the family jewels have crying? Oh no, it was just that darn cat, wasn't it, for the family jewels? But Broadway Malady definitely Broadway did. Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we have I guess this is sort of a funny one. It's not very silly, but it has comedic elements. Jessica has been invited to, I guess you meant to think it's like an engagement party for Kip Howard, played by George Clooney, and Corey Gruen, played by Beth Windsor. Their dads are famed comedy duo Murray Gruen, played by Buddy Hackett, and Mac Howard, played by Steve Lawrence, who have had a falling out for the last 30 years and haven't spoken, even though they were very, very successful. So they're coming to the engagement party and they're already mad at each other. In the mix, we have Mac's wife, Trudy Howard, played by Pat Crowley, and uh, Marie's, I guess, friend, Norma Lewis, played by Shireen North, as well as their uh, financial advisor, Farley Pressman, played by George Firth, and their former agent, but still friend, Phil Rinker, played by Art Johnson. Art or Artie? I'm not sure. Anyways, over the course of the weekend, um, Murray is stabbed in the back while he's in the bathroom. And then Phil goes missing. Then Jessica finds that Phil is hanging in the storeroom in this, basically this resort in the Catskills that Murray has just bought. And um, they think that maybe he's committed suicide. The cop who comes in is acting police chief Wiley Ledbetter, played by David Nell, who is like, looks about 16 years old and doesn't seem to know what he's doing. <laughs> they investigate a bit bit further and it turns out that um that Murray had actually stabbed himself to try to break up the wedding between Kip and Corey because he didn't want to share grandkids with Mac. 
But then as they look into it further, it turns out that their um, financial advisor, Farley, had been embezzling from them and stealing the proceeds from their video cassettes, which we can go into, um, which neither of them were seeing any money from. So Farley had been keeping the feud alive to ensure they didn't speak to each other so they wouldn't find out about the embezzlement. And Phil had found out about it. And so Farley killed him. And so I guess at the end, Mac and Murray are kind of back together. Mac has a like Tonight Show style show. Um, that he brings Murray on and Murray proposes basically to Norma, which is all very lovely. So, yeah. Um, so uh, the only tidbit I have from IMDb is that um, Buddy Hackett and Steve Lawrence were both frequent guests on Password, What's My Line, and Johnny Carson's The Tonight Show. So I don't think they ever actually did anything together. But, oh, just a really, sorry, before we go into two fun facts. So George Clooney's in this episode. It's one of two Murder, She Wrote appearances he has. Pat Crowley, who plays his mother, Trudy, was actually in a movie with, called Red Garters with Rosemary Clooney, who's George Clooney's mother. So I wonder if they kind of, I don't know, maybe didn't know each other, but she obviously knew his mom. And then um, Steve Lawrence, who played Mac Howard, appears in Ocean's Eleven. As a very, very, very small part. Not to... Oh, aunt. Yeah. Aunt, sorry, not mom. But but there is a rumor that she is his mom. Is that true? That's a rumor my dad told me, so he might have been making it up. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so there's all kind of... So I wonder if... I like to think when Steve Lawrence appeared on set in Ocean's Eleven, they had a real nice reminisce about <laughs> this appearance on Murder, She Wrote they had together. Also, but... George Clooney was also in an episode of The Law and Harry McGraw. Is that right? That's what IMDb says. He, okay. So, yeah, let's get into this one. So this one is like you... It's like stars of the past where you're pretending they have this sort of shared history. So the intro is a montage of black and white photos of them sort of and a voiceover where they're telling their jokes. Mm -hmm. And then it's initially all humor and then eventually they start fighting. And then I think it ends on like a slammed door. So all to indicate that they've had a huge falling out. And someone says the phrase, goodbye bird brain. Maybe Steve Lawrence Mm -hmm. says that. went on for so long <laughs> Steve it did. was way more he kept calling him a fruitcake he said he was gonna go to the home for the criminally stupid <laughs> like all <I> thought... <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good and i guess you're meant to think it's all because they both liked trudy although at some point buddy hackett or murray gruen in the show Mary's a lady called Doris, who is Corey's mother. And Doris, how the connection here is that Doris went to school with Jessica at some point, university or Which, something. Which, Susanna, like I had asked earlier while we were watching, <laughs> you know, how she knew all these people. And she guessed correctly that she had gone to college with Jessica, that the mom had gone to college with I mean, them. I think it was more than a guess. I mean, he knew. You're right. It probably is like in the back of my brain somewhere exists the information that in the episode with Steve Lawrence and Buddy Hackett, <laughs> Jessica went to school with Buddy Hackett's 
Oh, if I was I'm like, her name is Doris. <laughs> we went to college together. One thing that I do want to talk about and like talk about at length, and I'm not sure if it's the right time to bring it up or not, is Corey's sweaters. Awful. Horrendous. I all mean, of her clothes, all, all of her clothes. Her, quite a beautiful woman, and the like royal blue turtleneck with royal blue sweatpants covered by a black knit sweater with like birds on it. I it can't remember. Awful. It was so awful. There's like then, a lock cabin. And yeah, that room. was the end one. So it was like a spook, but a spooky log cabin. It was spooky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then her hair, her hair was like gelled wet on top, but dry Ooh. on the bottom. And I don't think I've seen a like an intentional style like that before. No. Well, it was like she didn't have a mullet, but they were determined to make it look like she did have a mullet. And it was like, because I think they wanted her and George Clooney to look as much like brother and sister as humanly possible. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> it, it was also, I love the idea that she woke up that morning and was like, my dad's been stabbed in the back. I still think it's my soon to be father-in-law. You know what day it is today? Day for the spooky cabin sweater. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'll be wearing around this house. That'll pair nicely with Mercer. Yeah. That really reflects how I feel on the inside today. So, yeah. It's just like, I mean, the scenes with those two, I thought were so boring and lame. Yeah. I honestly, for stretches, forgot they were in it. Like, I genuinely was like, yeah. why are they there again? like it's there's there the trouble is the neither one of them really have a personality except to just be like nice kids which is this is the thing i know i keep harping on about this but like this show with young people so i people under the age of 30 um especially in the 80s episodes they just kind of don't know what to do with them because it's like to the grown-ups in the situation i.e everybody else in the episode they might as well be 11 years old the way they treat them is like yeah where they keep calling them kids they don't really care about their opinions <laughs> they're just sort of like you know they're at the table barely but and it's also like they just don't like the, her clothes were more personality than we got from yeah. that character. Yeah, I, I don't know. A lot. Yeah. Well, and she was never going to mention that her dad had this lady that was his friend that, you know, anything to kind of give us a little bit more story to them, because it's like, oh, I hope my I hope our dads get along this weekend. It's like, oh, yeah, me too, I guess. But, like, there's nothing else you have to say about any of this. Like, also, okay, guys, sorry. I know I'm just derailing here. The feud's been going on for 30 years, correct? Yes. Okay, George Clooney in this episode is 26 years old. And the girl that plays Corey did not, she only had, like, six listings on IMDb, so did not list her age. So these people were born after the feud started. So yeah. they don't know the other father, right? They have never been around the other father. But How then, did these two people meet each other? 
totally random because I think you're meant to think they would have grown up together and then the feud happened and then they still liked each other so they saw each other in spite of it but the length of time means they literally would not have spent a day together in advance of all this well but then it actually Steve Lawrence I can't Mac no wait Mac Howard was that yeah 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 he acted like he knew them because he said I wouldn't even be here if I wasn't 100% sure that they were right for each other. I also felt like they had, because of the video cassette business or whatever <laughs> was happening, they engaged with each other even after the act fell apart because they had like videotape recordings or whatever that was. So I feel okay. like it probably, it seems to me they were still kind of in the same circle. I don't think they were working together, but maybe like all they, all those kids know is the feud. Right, okay. But to, maybe they've moved in same circles and that's how they met. But mm. yeah, they don't go into it. Like you're just kind of left to like think about it and figure yeah, it out. Yeah, I thought there were a lot of un- unanswered questions in this episode because my other thing was like, how did he get that guy to be hung? You know, I mean, did he knock him out first? I mean, how yeah. did that happen? I was waiting for them to figure out he'd been bludgeoned. Me but, too. Because otherwise, that is a grim, grim way to go. I mean, I also just love while we were watching the episode, Susanna laughed at almost every single one of Buddy Hackett's jokes. <laughs> I don't know why they were so bad, but it was just like, I don't know. I and like their comedy it. routine at the end. You're like, what? <laughs> it <Yeah>. was. <laughs> I didn't really get yeah. it. It was tough. It wasn't okay. good. This is okay. I did. I didn't want to bring it up on this because it's like tough to know that I ever watched this. But do you guys remember an Aaron Sorkin show called Studio Sixty on the Sunset Strip? Yeah, Anna, I watched that religiously <laughs> when it was. On. Don't think it was the best how best way to spend my time, but there we are. No, I think it might not have been a good show, and I. <laughs> like the funniest bits were always like when they show the comedy and obviously it's written by a drama writer so it's like they did not know how to write like sketch comedy and clearly they didn't bring anybody in to like help with those because the thing is with like it came out the same year as 30 rock and 30 rock is obviously written by people who write sketches so they like write the sketches for the show and it's funny and Studio Sissy, like, what dour person <laughs> is watching this kind of sketch comedy? This is so dark and, like, upsetting and just weird. And so it's, like, one of those things where when you're watching this, you're like, okay, these are writers. Like, Tom Sawyer probably just writes murder dramas. And then to have to write, like, a, a, a like that old-timey, like, vaudeville kind of comedy That'd be hard. Yeah, I mean, and I could see what they were, you know, what they're trying to do. It just, you know, also completely, well, not unrelated, but, and I don't want to disrespect our Canadian listeners, but every time you say Tom Sawyer, I think of that horrible song by Rush. And it just, (laughs) it's so tough. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's like burned into my brain and I can't can't get it out apology any rush fans on our that listen i mean i don't mean to sidetrack but megan what other song are you currently obsessed with no 
Ashley, how dare you? How dare you do that to this show? Don't do it, baby. Anna, will you please edit this out? I absolutely won't. I already have to edit out one thing. I'm not editing. All right. this out. It has nothing to do with the book, but there's a song by Warrant called Uncle Tom's Cabin that I'm really into. <laughs> Again. Back together again for the first time. The Broadway melody joke. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's good. Same writer. <laughs> I also Anyhow. feel like you're obsessed with why it's called that because it doesn't make any it doesn't, sense. It just doesn't, it doesn't make I any don't know why they picked the name for that song, but that's it's a really good song and the video's great. So there you go. I full confession, I've never, I don't know a rush song. Do I? You know Tom Sawyer. Really? There you go. Okay. <laughs> I want you to sing. I want you to sing the whole thing. Is it like a nine-minute-long song or something like that? I don't that? think it's that long. It just got a really specific sound hook. Right. Okay. That I I'll find it and see if I know it. Love exactly. Um, anyhow. Oh right. Okay. Sorry, they say you such so just okay. No, I'm I'm with you. I'm back on. I'm back. I understand again. Okay. Um. I, so, this is kind of a general comment about this episode. I I like this episode, but I think it's really sad. I don't like that they it's kill Phil. Yeah, I don't yeah. Like that Phil dies. Mm. No, I don't. And they like show his face. Him. They don't normally zoom in on the dead body like that. And it was, I, when they panned up, I was like, no, 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 no. I don't need to see this guy like tied up that way. And that scene in the pantry goes on for a long time. Yeah. I have to say the Tom Sawyer episodes, they're dark. They're pretty kind of, I don't know, at least the ones that we've seen. Maybe Joshua Peabody's the lightest. Oh, except the side the side death in Joshua Peabody is a man that fell into a ditch and died <laughs> Un- during the reenactment. Unresolved. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody cares. Like genuinely nobody cares about that one. Wait, I thought that was Benedict. Ar- oh my God. I get those two confused. The Benedict Arnold slipped here and Joshua Peabody. Wait, okay. Someone remind me which one Joshua. Wait, hold on. I've got no, it. I've I think got you're it. right because Joshua Peabody's the one with Della Scotto. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the one. Okay, yeah. That's sorry. The I, one. That's my bad. Yes, that is a dark. The classic Scotto last name. Yeah, because I. Yeah. I I don't love when they and actually the last episode we did they killed off someone I really liked also I don't love when the victim is like a bad guy it's I like that better but this guy Phil was so sweet I know and they all liked him it's like the one person that they all kind of agreed that they liked yeah it's like and then he died trying to protect them I know the bad financial advice also like I don't want to get really dark here, but like whenever you read like music people's like Wikipedia pages and something, they all have been embezzled by like financial advisors. Like it yeah. is so dark and you're like, you just feel like, Oh God. And so it is a bit upsetting. And then you're, you know, maybe the comedy's not good enough to lift you out of it. No, there's no balance. 
it gives you a comedic relief because even the jokes are like I don't know like the at the end they were like they just kind of making fun of Buddy Hackett like physical appearance and you're like well that's not I mean I'm not rolling on the floor laughing no although I I think what Buddy Hackett did in this is unforgivable yeah (laughs) I don't know if I was Steve Lawrence I'm like you're a monster he tried to make it look like I tried to kill you. Yeah, and like, de- like, and then deliberately was like he was wearing a red, <laughs> a dark red thing. And you're like, <laughs> okay, wow, like that is, and like you know, panda, what's his face, and he's wearing a dark red robe. <laughs> like, what? And like, also, I think it's really dark that this that Corey believed, not believed her dad. Like, if he just said he thought it was that guy, it's different, but just thought it was Mac the whole time. Even at the end, she's like, so it was Mac who stabbed my dad. You're like, your fiance is literally stood right there. And this is your future father-in-law. Like maybe give right. him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Like you don't know. And your dad seems, let's be honest, like kind of nuts. So yeah. like, let's just, and then when the dad admits it, she's like, dad, ugh. Like, was he up to these shenanigans all the time, is he? God. I mean, when he says, when he's like, it's like after it happens and he's screaming and like sits down and then someone goes, he's been stabbed in the back. And it's like, dun, dun, dun. (laughs) I feel like he feels like he's like figuratively been stabbed in the back. But then I was just laughing because I just felt like it was so on the nose. (laughs) like now I'll get him because now I'm physically stabbed in the back. I'll get Mac back. And to like stab yourself. Right. Like to lean back into a knife. I mean, not to be so dark, but it's so <laughs> crazy. And like so ridiculous. And how yeah. would he know? He's not a medical expert. Like, how does he how would he know to position the knife not to like hit hurt him? himself? I know. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a really crazy episode because in the beginning, you're like, okay, these guys both have this feud. Like, we don't know who's worse. And then Buddy Hackett does this. And and you just think he's a horrible person. You're like, we don't know where this is going now. Like, this is going, like, off the rails. Team Steve Lawrence all the way. (laughs) Do you ever really think Steve Lawrence is bad? I mean, he sort of never is. He's, like, mean. But he calls him like um he, I think he said at the dinner, he said, You listen to me, you meatball. Or <laughs> <laughs> he had a couple digs. But I think no, I thought he was fine and he did nothing wrong. No, well, he didn't do anything wrong. I mean, like he, <laughs> the thing is, like, I guess he could, I don't know. I like that character, you're just like this guy. I mean, he doesn't seem like a nice guy necessarily, but he doesn't seem like a bad guy. He just sort of oh. seems like a sort of standard. And he's, you know, gonna be fine. He he toasts the kids. It's Buddy Hackett that keeps going off the rails. And like yeah. when he stands like, up and I, throws that wine glass into the fire, you're like, okay. and then when Jessica asks him, like, oh, like you would have been able to see the person unless like your eyes were closed and he's like oh yeah I've never been able to brush my teeth with my eyes open or <laughs> like that was like it was such a weird like <laughs> like it's something like, he's a psychopath <laughs> I know this guy. what 
Dude, no. <laughs> now when I brush my teeth tonight, I'm going to think, are my eyes open? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and like, maybe, you know, like, that's fine. Like, maybe that's what some people like, but it was just such like a, a weird excuse to then Right, and if he was planning this all, why not just like out and out say it? Because I guess he couldn't, because I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Also, I did laugh at the dinner after Buddy Hackett just goes off the rails. Jessica's look of disapproval is <laughs> so amazing. I also like that Jessica does not stand up once to clear the dishes. No. She allows everybody else to clear all the She'll dishes around her and does, and does not offer to help clear up. <laughs> not that as a woman she should have to, but literally everybody else is doing that. <laughs> like, you may take my plate. <laughs> Tomorrowly. She doesn't, yeah. <laughs> And he's like, I guess, you know, it'll all look better through a wine glass or burgundy glass or something. I can't remember what he says. And um, she stands up and she's like, yes, I guess you're right. And then walks away as more people are tidying up the room. (laughs) (laughs) That is really true (laughs) and funny. I also like that she's like in the study with Farley for like hours. I I mean, like she comes up and they're still fully clothed in their nightly attire and everyone else is in pajamas and like come out of their room like they've been like almost sleeping. Oh yeah, I suppose that's right. I mean, hole in the wall. Yeah. Oh, that That was grim too. I mean, so he, wait, just to clarify, Buddy Hackett's character drilled a hole in the wall any anticipation of Mac and his wife coming? Yeah, he knew this was going to happen. So he was going to play. He planned this the whole time. Yeah, and then he waited till the wife wasn't in the room so that he could blame, so that uh, he wouldn't dark. have an alibi. It's so dark. It's really dark, and it's just brushed over, like oh, anyway. right. And then you're like, oh, hey, back up at the end, and it's and that woman wants to marry him. Yeah, I don't know. Also, she played Blanche's sister <laughs> in Golden. Yeah, Girls. she did in two episodes of Golden Girls. I like, I like that actress. But I yeah, like. That I too. would be running for the hills, just yeah. in everything that Buddy Hackett was doing. Yeah, like, not well. No. He doesn't seem like a pulled together man but then also i guess you meant to think he's been struggling financially and all this stuff and he can't you know the other guy's been so successful and he's not done anything and but i don't know this trope about the like woman the female friend that is sort of like looks after a man and they're both older and it's like is he gonna marry her isn't he gonna marry her and you're like shouldn't you like date first or yeah. so like why is marriage on the cards all of a sudden like are you sleeping together or are you not sleeping <laughs> like I don't understand what the dynamic of this relationship is because it seemed like they genuinely were just friends but then at the end there was this sort of throwaway line about like how oh, I need to go off to Paris to meet a man or something I yeah I don't know mm-hmm. and then he proposes yeah, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of his behavior would have 
<laughs> yeah, red flags. And then if you're with him, wouldn't you constantly constantly be nervous that he's gonna like if he gets mad at you, he's gonna frame you for <laughs> he's gonna stab himself. Yeah, I'd be nervous. I actually thought the parts in this that were funny. I I really enjoyed acting Chief Wiley B Ledbetter. He was oh, the best. He was yeah. Yeah. He, so endearing and like goofy and yeah like when you said george clooney was 26 in this that guy was also 26 it's a a different kind of 26 (laughs) (laughs) george clooney's got some city miles i was just gonna say like it shows that if you get somebody I don't know if you add like a little something to the character, like it doesn't really matter how old they are because that guy is the same age as the other two. And yet he's like 10,000 times more interesting. He's even sort of funnier than the comedy guys because he's just sort of this goofy. I mean, the whole bit about just that he's kind of a one man band and that like his mom's going to go check out the the railway station oh, yeah. to see if the guys turned oh, up there because <laughs> no cops and laughed uh, so hard yeah i loved Seriously. him <laughs> I love my favorite where they said where's the chief and he's like oh he's in the hospital having some of some of that elective surgery <laughs> and like your yeah. mind is racing as to like what what elected i mean that could be I the know. It opens up the entire body. Like, what's elected? Facelift, lipo. What do we got? I was thinking more downstairs enhancing. But then also, it's hemorrhoid surgery, which uh, is that elective? I thought you have. Not if you've got them, I'm sure. (laughs) It's not a choice. I also thought it was funny because Jessica, I think, actively did not like him, which I thought was a funny dynamic, too. Yeah. I agree. What the cop? She didn't yeah, like. Yeah, like I think she just thought he was. She was trying to help him. I know. But he was like, couldn't. She kept telling him what I would have thought. Jessica, as soon as she realized this guy did not know a thing about what he was doing, would have been like <laughs> rubbing her hands together gleefully, being like, "This yeah. is my show now." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even though he didn't know anything, he still tried to like dismiss her claims. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I did like him. I thought that was very sweet. Yeah. And he did, you know, she was trying that. And I like that she still had to, like, sort of blow up his ego a bit. But being like, you you know, he's jealous. This is your case. Like, you're doing so well. Like, am I? (laughs) (laughs) So funny. I like that. I, I really enjoyed Wiley. And she's yeah. like, what do, you, what do your friends call you? And he said, acting chief Wiley V. Ledbetter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought he was adorable. Mm-hmm. Well, that was one of my favorite scenes when she's in that beautiful purple dress and oh. she pulls that hanky out of her sleeve. And I was like, there is something <laughs> so she's not an old lady in this series but like something so old lady about just always having a hanky on you tucked away somewhere like so it's not even in her pocket it's just up her sleeve (laughs) I don't know I just was like wow that is something I don't know what yeah like should just be in the pocket like I mean if it's touching your skin like it isn't that sort of soiled yeah 
And was she just, did she spend the whole dinner with that handkerchief up her sleeve? You never know when you need it. And when is it for? Like, like a magician. She's going to do a magic <laughs> trick later. <laughs> I'm really horrified by you pointing out that Tom Sawyer has like a gross, like, <laughs> handkerchief and wound or something seen in all of his episodes. When she started cleaning that wound, I was like, no, 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 no. Here we go again. She had like six boxes of bandages and then the medical examiner had to come in and give him special ointment. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, I forget about what time period we're in, but like I have Neosporin like at home. Like I don't need a doctor to come in and take a look. I mean, if I've stabbed myself, maybe, but- Right. <laughs> so dark. <laughs> Ashley just went and drilled a hole. <laughs> it's too dark. I don't even like that. In joke. my own house to watch myself. Yeah. yeah. Can't. It's too dark. Too dark. Yeah. It's rough. But yeah, I loved all the references to Wiley's mom. And then he had to get the book or no, the cassette. Oh yeah, and all the references. They said video cassette about like so many times. times. All the money's in the rentals. Yeah. I didn't understand that. Like they said that's still money in the video cassettes. I don't understand why Right. And Farley just says, Oh, we can't we can't touch that. But they never explain why they have no access. That's what like blockbusters are your like they get the yeah, you get paid the once for the one publishing of the video, but then any money, uh, I assume he's explaining that Blake Blockbuster keeps it. Right. That makes sense. I mean, I suppose it's just funny to think of like in the in yeah. the 80s, people are watching like, but I guess that would be true. Like um, uh, Laurel and Hardy, like old videos, like we used to have Little Rascals videos yeah that we would watch a lot so it's you I know mean, they're supposed to be like mart a dean martin and jerry lewis with like yeah the oh that's a good point i for i was trying to think of who they were inspired by mm. that, Laurel I, and was, Hardy. I don't Laurel I, and hardy's I, more slapstick like silent yeah and i thought yeah. they got along uh, like they did. Pretty, yeah because yeah well. martin lewis and oh god jerry lewis what they did they got in a big fight is that what that was yeah so i was reading about it while we were watching the episode apparently dean martin got tired of playing kind of the straight man to jerry lewis and then they were on a magazine cover and they cropped dean martin out and he just <gasps> oh. kind of over it it doesn't sound but then they ended up it's actually jerry lewis said that they ended up not speaking privately for 20 years which he ended up saying he thought was so sad and ridiculous that that happened but then Dean Martin's son died and Jerry Lewis came to the funeral didn't tell him just was like paid his respects and when Dean Martin found out that he'd been there he called him and I think they ended up patching Mm -hmm. things up I had okay I'm gonna be really honest with you guys I think this is just a gap in my knowledge on this stuff is I had no idea those two people even knew each other like I know them both as famous people in their own rights, but I did not know they crossed paths ever. This is all on Wikipedia. Like this, I didn't know. I mean, I knew that they were a comedy duo, but I didn't 
know that. So they, for 10 years, they did movies together and like specials and stuff like that. Oh my God, that's really? mad though. Well, my problem is I really like Dean Martin. I, I mean, I, I hope he hasn't done anything. Too. I didn't get too deep into his Wikipedia. I think he's okay. He, he I like him. And Rio Bravo is a, such a I would be yeah. just <laughs> gonna say that. I was like, that is one of, so when you said he plays the straight man, he's not the straight man in Rio Bravo. That's true. And it's so funny. He's so he funny. He is funny. Yeah, he is. He's very like, but he's like handsome and funny and charming and all these things. And it's, it's just so weird. Uh, at the Myers kids, we would just... I mean, I feel like I made you guys do this. I'm not, and maybe you like it, unclear. We would just watch the singing part from Rio Bravo when he and Ricky Nelson are singing. And it's so good. We were watching this when I was like a teenager and Ricky Nelson's like 19 in that movie. And I thought he was a major hun. And- Not Dean Martin, like 40. Watching now, that's who I would like, but- Yeah, yeah. Now- May I just quick segue off of completely off track? Ricky Nelson is the father of Nelson twins. Yes. Thank you. Okay. And, he, okay. and the Nelson twins are also the nephews of Mark Harmon. Yes. Because Mark Harmon was married to Ricky Nelson's, was it, it's one way or the other. It's either he was married to Ricky Nelson's sister or Ricky Nelson was married to his sister. But either way, I believe he, there is some. Ricky Nelson was married to Mark Harmon's something to do with Mark Harmon. Right. And I think he tried to get custody of the boys because at some Ricky point. Nelson died in a plane crash in the 80s. And I think I don't want to commit slander. Like no, no, I know. It's just, it's on Wikipedia. The sister, there was an issue. The mom was unable Mom of the twins to, and to raise them whatever and so yeah. mark Harmon was gonna adopt i think he tried to to get custody of them yeah and though it's well this is like it's so mad to think any of these people know each other like or that their paths would have crossed it's just so bizarre i never would have put mark Harmon and nelson together in a room no. i don't <laughs> Wow, there's a lot and of gaps. Tracy scenes, Nelson, so. also the daughter of Ricky Nelson. Who? She was the sidekick on Father Dowling. Sure. Oh, yeah, uh, of course she is. Yeah. Beverly Hills, right? Wait, what? Is that right? Is that what she's in? Beverly Hills? I don't remember, but I, I just remember her from Father Dowling. Yes, you're right. She is in that. Yeah. So yeah, we've gone on a risk, but anyway. I, I mean, uh, then it's just like, this is such a deep rabbit hole. I've been trying to like Google everyone's like keep track and like follow the world like afterwards. But yeah, I'm, I'm a little tired. You know what this reminded me of, Megan? It's like when you said we only watched that one part of Rio Bravo. I just remembered that like, we would watch newsies, but we would always watch it right up until the part where they started printing the papers to like start <laughs> the revolution thing. And it was like for years, I hadn't seen the rest <laughs> of the movie. And so I was like watching with a friend and I was like, God, this is really going on. Like, I don't remember any of this. <laughs> because all the fast forward to the first end. part. And then he, he ends up in juvenile hall and I don't like that. And, it, you know, anyhow. 
Oh God, it just was so funny because you're like, oh, there's like a whole third act here. We were just like fast forward right through. <laughs> just like, has he met Roosevelt yet? Great, we're done. <laughs> and the song when they're printing the paper is really not good. It's, yeah, it's boring. And the best bits are the are, are the first half. And you're right. We obviously don't like when they hit, when, the, when um, I don't know, I can't remember when Crutchy gets um, put into the orphanage, but it's some part of that bit that we like, we're done, we're done, fast forward. <laughs> I don't want to see this anymore. Crutchy? Yeah, Crutchy. Yeah, they have, there's a disabled boy called Crutchy. Obviously, that's not very PC, apologies. But it's, yeah, that is the name of the character in the movie. I think I've tried, I think Megan tried to get me to watch Newsies once because I didn't grow up with it. And I have to say, older watching it for the first time, it doesn't, I don't think it hits the same way. It probably doesn't. I think it hit the same way even then for me. <laughs> Here's the thing, Ashley, unless you're like a prepubescent girl and you're watching like a lot of very, very cute boys dance around in newsboy caps, I feel like the appeal probably is a little bit missed. But I do think the songs are very good and the stage production was meant to be good. But it is like... It's like when you watch a movie, well, actually, Glynis, you'll know all about this, even though I do think this is a good movie uh, with Earth Girls or Easy. I have no concept of if that's a good or bad movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, I have no idea. I just know I, I love it and I can't judge it at a on an I objective level anymore. To my friend who I made watch it with me, and I was like, okay, stay with me. <laughs> oh, God, Glynis. <laughs> an 80s based musical where <laughs> she works in a salon and an alien plane lands in her pool they're hairy at first but then they turn into smoke and hot stuff yeah. and they go out on the town with them and then she hooks up with one i mean it's funny, like, I remember when I got the soundtrack when I was in university, I bought the D CD and had someone mail it to me. Yeah. And I was really disappointed because they didn't include um, Big and Stupid, which is what they play in the club oh, when they're partying. Oh, and that's not yes. on the soundtrack. That song is like, so good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and the, the sex scene I, I warned with is like, things are about to get really weird and really sexy. And it's like cues to this like multicolor like <laughs> sound bath of like diamonds falling from the ceiling. And uh, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. For it someone. explains your Jeff Goldblum thing, like uh, down to <laughs> AT. It explains that. Did you guys see that he redid the the photo from Jurassic Park? Where yeah, you sent it to us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're my Jeff Goldblum first responder. Horrified that I hadn't followed him already on Instagram. So that you is know. True. I anyway. love my favorite thing that he ever did was the bit at the end of RuPaul's Drag Race where he's just wandering around the studio. <laughs> so <laughs> he's got us so funny. He's so good in that. I thought he was, he and I love Rachel Bloom so much. And when I saw that the two of them were on that together, I was like, my head exploded. I was like, how have they managed to do this? It was good, <laughs> I thought. Look over there. <laughs> yeah i feel like that's how you know since how i mean that's when i was like oh she might win this whole thing she was great she was great they're all it was a good season oh uh, sorry okay, okay. 
Should hey, we this go? episode video cassettes. Yeah, let's go through. I have you guys. I took a one of those, but I haven't mentioned them. Yeah, let's go through the list because I feel like sometimes if the episodes don't speak for themselves, the list helps to it, speak for it. us. Yes. Yeah. I also, when we get to biggest hunk, I want to guess. Have two guesses as to Ashley's biggest. <laughs> I also want you to guess who you think mine is as well. Okay, and and actually, and Glennis is. It's not Jeff Goldblum, by the way. Glennis, he's not in this one. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Episode beats. Here we go. Thunder weather. It did snow eventually, yeah. but that didn't come into play. Oh, oh yeah. you know what one is great? <laughs> Sorry, is the one where they're in the cabin and it's the ski team. Yes. And that, talk about weather playing a part. Yeah, Emma Sams is in it, who I think is a beautiful. Um, I was just going to say she was in that made-for-TV movie where her luggage gets swapped at the airport. <laughs> Do you remember this? It's so good. She has the bag and it looks just like the other bag and someone picks yeah. it up and then there's like a whole personality swap thing. She's great. Okay, go on, Ashley. Oh, I was going <laughs> to say we should line up some Winter Wonderland episodes to be Ooh, That's a good idea. Love it. That's why we have you on here, Ashley, for the good ideas. And my seasonal gnomes. And your seasonal gnomes. <laughs> it's 90% seasonal gnomes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the secret door is closet hiding. I just put storeroom. I, yeah. I was like. Yeah. And also that weird peephole. I mean, it's not a secret room, oh. but like. Uh, so that's a up. good, that's a good point, yeah. Dennis, actually. Also, how thin are those walls? Am I right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hiawatha Lodge is not that great. Um, okay. Poisoning or bludgeoning? I mean, it was, was it a hanging? I mean, is that why we died? I don't know if we... Oh, God. Um, phone wire cut. No. She's shaking. No. Window peep. Okay. I had when Kip, Corey, which by the way, we haven't even gotten into that. Um, and Jessica arrived. <laughs> um, Buddy Hackett's looking out the window at the yeah. car coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I also put down people to Max's bedroom because I didn't know if that's sort of like a window peep. Yeah. Um, it's a peep for sure. Uh, fake name ID, no. The fuzz cop quirk, I put Wiley Ledbetter, young and inexperienced. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, cop chemistry. I mean, it was off the scale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if by chemistry you mean she actively hated him. <laughs> yeah. felt like there was a lot of... <sighs> I know. She was so annoyed. But I loved his hat. He had that fur hat thing with the flaps when it's cold. Okay. Businessy business comedy duos. Showbiz. Uh, and also video cassette tapes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of money in that a lot of money in rentals yeah a lot um age ain't nothing but a number okay so i had actually put mac and murray down because murray in this episode is well buddy hackett 63 and steve lawrence is 52 which means that if they had had a 30 year old feud (laughs) steve lawrence would have only been 22 when the band broke up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the numbers don't lie 
So I get it. You're meant to think they're meant to be the same age. I don't know. That is, <laughs> yeah. I. <laughs> I don't... Wait. So you said they're ten years apart. Yeah, eleven. So, like, yeah. This guy would have, <laughs> Buddy Hackett would have been thirty, hanging out with like a twenty-year-old college. <laughs> yeah, in these in these dive clubs or wherever where they were coming up. Fell in love with an eight-year-old. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I wish we could find out how old Corey was because I don't know if you guys agree, but I thought she looked older than him. I did too. I think he he, to say he was twenty-six in this episode. He had the guise of a much older man like the hair something about the hair how or maybe it's just because George Clooney always kind of looks middle-aged like youth doesn't (laughs) sit well on him or something I don't know it's not that he didn't look good it's just like he didn't I just think he's aged into a much better looking I don't what am I trying to say here I don't know he was good looking I think he looked old for his age Mm -hmm. like he looked like 35 but then I think he looked 35 for 30 years or like something yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like looked like 35 to 45 for much longer than I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but I do know. I agree with you, Ashley. I think yeah. peak George Clooney was ER. Sort of salt and pepper hair, you know, not I just think that was sort of where he, yeah. and I don't yeah. know how old he would have been, 40 maybe? I don't know if even that old, 94. maybe mid-30s. Oh, is that, God, that's, oh my God. Right, younger than that then. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it started in 94, I think. So he would have only been in his 30s. Okay, he was quite young. Dr. Ross. Yeah. Uh, so hot. So hot. <laughs> Poor old Anthony Edwards. he was handsome in a different way oh yeah everyone liked noah wiley that i liked the croatian guy i wasn't there yet though that was later seasons oh eric lasalle was on it he was a good looking guy too actually although i find it hard to separate him from uh coming to america interesting i don't because huh. the uh, just yeah. the Jerry curl, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and anyway, sorry, this is like a twelve-year-old me watching GDR <laughs> being like coming to America, the handsomest man in this show. Um, okay, yeah. of these old men, um, smooches. <laughs> no, <laughs> familial ties. Doris is an old friend of Jessica's. Okay, here's a question because I didn't left this blank. I close head shake. Glennis. Megan, anybody write it down? I, didn't want to, I thought there were a lot of kind of judgy looks. She closed her eyes and nodded. But now I can't remember at what point that happened. <laughs> but she wasn't like disgusted at Farley. Like she no. was just like, she just didn't care. She was like, she You're did a the head shake ish looking when Buddy confessed to stabbing himself. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. You're right. That probably was a little bit more disappointed mm-hmm. um okay fave outfit um yeah Glynis, do you want to start with this i had a few as yeah. well uh the purple like dress jacket suit 70s 
outfit with the belt and the brooch was really, really nice. And then I loved her red jacket at the end that had like a built in black, like scarf thing mm-hmm. that sort of like went around. Um, it was like sort of a, a faux turtleneck, but like had this like scarfy bit to it. I really liked that. I thought she looked great. Worst outfits, obviously, everything Corey wore. Yeah, yeah. I think we Spooky will sweater. probably <laughs> Nobody wears a spooky sweater like Corey does. Kim <laughs> loves her in a spooky sweater. Spooky sweater. She's serving spooky autumn vibes. <laughs> Megan, what were your tops and bottoms here? Uh, agree that the worst was anything Corey wore. I actually thought the men weren't dressed particularly. Steve Lawrence looked good, but I thought George Clooney's outfits weren't that great either. I mean, they were just kind of boring, I thought. And then I really liked what Jessica is wearing in the very beginning. It's kind of a, I think it was like a gray coat, a really nice looking coat with a scarf. I I really liked that. I, I thought that looked like a really great coat. (laughs) <laughs> was it a great quote <laughs> Ashley um I liked so I did like Jessica's outfit in the beginning I think it was like a herringbone Megan like a yeah because mm-hmm. she had a turquoise scarf and then she had a camel colored purse and I just like that color palette generally yeah it was I liked it too. um and okay so weirdly this isn't an outfit but in the bathroom, there's plaid wallpaper and there's these gold sconces on either side of the mirror. Yeah. And I weirdly liked the way that looked. It was like, like art deco, like geometrical, like sconces. I was like, oh, that kind of looks nice. Now, the rest of the home, not so much. Just that one little section, <laughs> I really liked. Um, and I wrote that down. Um, and are we doing worst? Yeah, you could do your worst. Um, Norma's peach sweater with these massive shoulder pads. And then it looked like there was a neck brace in the sweater. Yes. <laughs> and it just looked, it, it, I know it was trying to maybe give her some like more geometric shape, but the way it sat on her, just it, it looked like she put on football padding and then put a peach sweater over it and then put it on neck brace on. I agree that her, I didn't think they did right by her. No. No. Because I actually thought Trudy was usually dressed very nicely. Yeah. So, yeah, funnily enough, Trudy's, I had, I put down a lot of stuff actually. I put Jessica's outfits, all the purple one and the red one. Trudy's purple turtleneck that she had that was like a turtleneck, but it was like deconstructed. So there was like buttons going mm-hmm. on. I just thought that looked so nice. Yeah. I was like, that is a very nice um, sweater. And actually that Phil's outfit at the beginning, he had some nice um, yes, like yeah. camel colored uh, pea coat with um, trousers. I thought looked very nice. And Corey's, as a, uh, worst, I said all of Corey's, particularly Corey's like satin I thought originally it was a robe, but I think it was a dress that had like ruffly sleeves at the end, like as roughly sleeves and then roughly around the neck. And I was like, she's either sleeping in that or that's like a daytime dress. And either way, it does not, Mm-mm. it's like not age appropriate or something. Anyways, um, okay, here's what I want you to do, Megan. 
<laughs> I would like you to guess what each of our hunks are, and then I would like you to say your own. Okay. Okay. Oh gosh, now I feel stressed. I just <laughs> I'm excited. I was like gonna go Art Johnson. Okay. And Glennis. <laughs> <laughs> Wait no. <laughs> Wait no, keep guessing. We can't it say what it is. No, is it? Like... <laughs> Until you guess. Because you like the other guy from laughing. And so then that just like popped in my brain as who I thought you would like in this. I I hope I haven't offended you. Glynn is George Clooney? Yeah. Susanna uh, Steve Lawrence. And mine is Steve Lawrence. Okay. Ashley, let's start with you. <laughs> Art Johnson. Ashley just left um, the call. She's so wait, mad. Wait, I have to, hold on. I just had to look and see who Art Johnson is. Okay. Um, I mean, he's endearing. This one was actually kind of tough because I think I would have picked George Firth if he wasn't the murderer yeah like sweet i mean because george clooney is my obvious top choice like no doubt but i was trying to just sort of pick like off like off the beaten path Wait, so, yeah. you mean farley yeah farley oh would have been your choice but then he murdered that's, well, that's interesting he's a, a handsome guy yeah it will you write so easily at the end it's hard oh. to, and then when he starts crying yeah that monologue was so creepy it was. Art Johnson's cuter than that guy. Yeah. Well, funny that you say that because Art Johnson and Steve Lawrence were uh, my top two. Okay, well, I was halfway. So, an Art Johnson famed crossword answer because he has an E at the end of Art. So, he's always in crosswords, blank Johnson, not from laughing. Um, I actually thought he was cute. I did too. I, but I thought Steve Lawrence was like, completely handsome like i yeah. like not like in a fun quirky way like just like a really good looking guy so i was like yep i Bingo. agree with wait yeah. goodness who was your choice she was george. george okay all right so i was yeah i thought because okay i know that they don't look identical but to me art johnson and the other guy from laughing that was in the burbs look really similar <laughs> <laughs> i don't know who that is you know who i'm talking henry, about um henry uh, Elmo. No, not Elmo. Uh, oh, he's Elmo's, guy. Elmo's brother-in-law. Elmo's brother. brother. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I see the... Yeah, I... <laughs> but yeah, Steve Lawrence, major hunk. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with Steve Lawrence being the hunkiest. He's very... And he has a nice-sounding voice as well. Yeah. I really don't love George Clooney, and I don't think he's that cute. He was okay. He was like, I just didn't, I, I like, I almost did not register he was there. Like, yeah. he just didn't, not because of anything he was doing necessarily. It's just that there's just no care. They're just the, they're like the MacGuffin. They're the reason things yeah. are happening, but they're not actually in end of themselves important. Um, interesting. We had, a, this was full of hunks. Hunk heavy. I mean, poor old buddy Hackett didn't get a bit of a look in. You know who I also thought was hunky? Trudy. 
Yeah, because she was a oh yeah, good looking lady. Sheree yeah. North or Sheree North, however you say her name, who played Norma, is really pretty. I yeah, she was pretty. Her really dirty with the outfits they. Oh in. yeah, yeah. She was cute. She was totally cute. You'd like maybe hold out for someone. Yeah, go to Paris. That's not crazy. You go to Paris. Um, you go to Paris. Yeah, go to Paris. <laughs> well actually that's what emily in paris is about if you've watched that netflix series it's about norma moving to paris and me (laughs) 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 little known fact yeah if you haven't watched it yeah you should check it out it's a follow-on from this episode um okay jb burns okay ashley do you want to go first was there any that people hadn't mentioned yet i think we mentioned a couple I only wrote down a Norma burn. She was putting out food and she said with their mouths full, they can't talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, I read that too. Yeah, it was like, good. Uh, that was I cool. have one Jessica burn. Unless someone else. Okay, go on. I mean, it was just the way she said it. She said to Farley at the end, tell me in round numbers how much you've embezzled from Mac and Murray over the years. I love that. And I was like, Ooh, yeah. But also I want to give an honorable mention. It's not a burn at all but when wiley said holy christmas i wrote that down (laughs) (laughs) sorry glenna sorry you stole my spotlight uh that's actually last week (laughs) no but i'm glad it got a mention because i wasn't sure how to slide it in i the only thing i wrote down that was different than those was when jessica says be quiet sit down and listen to the two men i was like "Uh uh-uh things got real all right, fave guest star. This is tough. Glynis, do you want to go first with this one? Uh, yes. I feel like Buddy Hackett. Okay. Yeah. Megan? Yeah, I, I mean, Buddy Hackett did really commit to the role, but yeah. I, I'm going to go Steve Lawrence. Okay. Ashley? Uh, George Firth. The, uh, okay oh farley yeah and farley had a burn actually when phil is trying to say to him you know oh but that's not true i've seen the figures and he's like you know financial genius you are not yeah damn and ashley's really thirsty for farley <laughs> <laughs> look out norman fell <laughs> 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 so hot. <laughs> um, I think mine was probably Steve Lawrence. Although I, I liked Buddy Hackett in this one. It was, um, yeah. I mean, it was a good cast. Actually, there, there wasn't apart from the younger people. It was all very strong. Um, yeah. Okay, Glennis's guess, Trudy. Yeah, I, um, I said Trudy. I don't know. I, it's. It's a shame because I was thinking that it was the bad guy um, because of that moment at the dinner where he's yeah. like, there's a lot of money in that. And he's like, no, there's not. Um, but I, I panicked. Okay. Well, you got you got waylaid by the self-stabbing. I yeah. think that's the tricky part of this episode is it's two unrelated things. But um, okay. So, does anybody else have anything to add before we get to the last? I just have bit. one thing I want to say. Good news yes. for Ashley because George Firth is in two other 
Murder, She Wrote episodes. Don't think I didn't already see that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay, got it. Um, I, the only thing I wanted to add is I did think there was a funny joke at the beginning when Steve Lawrence, when they're telling Steve Lawrence they're going to bring on the girl with the animals and then they go, the animals always do big numbers. And he goes, yeah, all over my suit. <laughs> that did make me laugh. <laughs> um, okay. So, fave moment overall ranking. Ashley, do you want to start us off this time on this one? Sure. Um, so, I have to say the monologue confessions are sometimes my favorite. I feel like they're the darkest parts mm-hmm. of some of the episodes, but um yeah i i enjoyed this monologue confession um and ranking the self-stabbing really brings the number down for me i don't know it feels kind of creepy i think i'm gonna go with like a i think a six and a half is what's coming to mind okay megan do you want to go next favorite part God, that's that's tricky. I mean, I like when they confront him at the end, when they confront Farley at the end. I'll say that. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna go seven. I think it's too sad with mm-hmm. Phil being the one that gets murdered. Makes me really sad. Okay, Glennis. I'm dropping it down to a six. Sorry. Oh yeah, that's okay. Okay, Glennis. Um, when the cop says holy christmas that was great (laughs) a really special moment for me um and i would also give it like a five or a six i i thought it was sad i'll go five uh yes i think so my favorite moment i think is the confrontation at the end but i like it because i like when the two men enter uh, out of different rooms and i remember thinking (laughs) <laughs> I liked it so I'm not like trying to pick a hole but I was like how did Steve Lawrence come out of the storeroom <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> but anyway but I did like that bit and I liked that they were so calm and collected because they were gonna confront this guy um <laughs> yeah was he standing in the dark I don't know. It's just like, and also how Maybe did he went in there to get the light? Bulb. Right. How did Farley not see? Was he like, what Maybe are you doing in about there? He's been hiding in there for <laughs> four hours. Just like, here's what I need you to do. Go hide in the storage closet. I'm going to lure him in there with that light bulb thing. They always slip up. Um, and number wise, okay, I feel like this episode definitely isn't boring. And I like the novelty factor of them getting old time comedy people to be a pretend old time comedy duo. I really, really liked that. So I liked the framing of it, but yeah, the actual episode is sad. And yeah. So the trouble is like, I gave Crimson Harvest, I think like a five and I find that episode boring. So, but I don't with this. So I think I'll give it a six. Mm. Although I like I like them all, but it's just just in relative terms. I think this one isn't I like, like the, super uh, the thought that went behind the the number. I sort of just pulled mine out of thin air. I'm just like, <laughs> well, because Glennis, I wanted to kind of give this one maybe a five, but the thing is, like, I definitely like this more than that one. So I don't want to like uh, just. Yeah, anyways, I think it's more interesting than that. And to be honest, when I 
when we got to the third, fourth quarter of it, I was like surprised how quickly that had gone. So I obviously was engaged. Um, okay. Well, I think that's it. Unless anybody else had anything they wanted to add before we sort of do our thank yous and everything. No. Holy so, Christmas. <laughs> we'll end on that, shall we? <laughs> we all have to say it at the same time. Um, okay. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for listening and participating and for all of the messages and posts on Facebook and everything. It's been really nice. Um, and yeah, it's so great that, that people are listening to us talk about Murder, She Wrote. Um, so yeah, so hopefully you'll listen again next week. Um, and thanks again. One, two, three. Holy, Holy Christmas! Christmas. <laughs> Megan, what is happening? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.